It's always been my dream to be a real-life cartoon character. Ever since I was a kid and people would ask, what do you want to be when you grow up? I want to be a cartoon, was my answer each and every time. And it's still my desire to this day. Now, thanks to the Bitmoji app, I do have the ability to become a cartoon-like figure on my phone. And everybody has access to this app or others like it. What makes my animated avatar different is I'm one of the few who actually looks like his cartoon character. I did post that little fellow at MLB Realtor on Twitter and Instagram. You can check it out for yourself. Now, you don't really know what I look like, I suppose, but just believe that cartoon is a very close representation of me. If there's anybody out there that wants to help make Josh and Around an animated feature, hey, let's do it, because I'm ready to kick this life in the flesh to the curb. But before I ride west into that animated sunset, let's cover some things today about humanity, namely dealing with doctors, encountering villains, and being around other social animals as we drop some anvils and start joshing around. One thing I've always admired about cartoon characters, namely the ones that don't wear pants or any clothes at all, is they seem to have a special attribute I call skin pockets, wherein they can reach into themselves and pull out whatever they might need, be that flowers for a special girl, an anvil to drop on a villain, or even a whole turkey dinner if they need to feed a crowd. You know, if all I have to do is stop wearing pants to be given this special ability to procure whatever I need from my hip and thigh, I'm all in, because that's what's up. I just found out that a friend's wife is a urologist. That's a dick doctor, right? So I'm wondering, does he have the most cared for or the most ignored dick? Because I know after a long day working in real estate, the last thing I want to do is come home and work on my house. But at the same time, any chick who becomes a dick doc must love the cock. I talk a lot about the super cool medication that I'm on, but I'm also on a daily medication for high cholesterol. The way this came up is last year my doctor observed that my cholesterol levels were, in his words, as high as an overweight 80-year-old. Even with that in mind, I was still a bit resistant to taking the medicine. The way he sold me on it after diet and exercise failed is that my doctor told me he's on the medicine himself because he doesn't want to stop eating junk food or exercise at all. Now, I'm not sure if that's true or if it's just what the drug pushers coached him to say, but I'm here to tell you, while only the lamest cartoon character would say this, my cholesterol is down 133% in just two months. As I was driving my daughter to preschool this morning, I let out a laugh like, <laughs> to which my daughter responded, are you a villain? <laughs> no, no, I assured her I'm not. And then, of course, I did some self-reflection. After I cleared myself, oh, thank God, I did some thinking, what do the children of villains think of their dads? Do the kids of villains grow up to be villains themselves or crime fighters? Well, I guess it's different for every familial situation. It's really how you treat your kids. You know, if you're a nice, kind villain at home, they probably will grow up to be little villains or maybe just accountants, doctors, or lawyers. Who knows? But if you're a ruthless villain to everybody around you, well, guess what? Those kids are going to grow up to put you away. I recently reconnected with one of the smartest guys I went to college with. Thanks, LinkedIn. He told me he's got a baby's mama, too, and I felt a lot better about my life. 
I'm glad to see other educated folk might slip every now and again. You know, we all make missteps. It's how we deal with those missteps that define our character. I use the word misstep and not mistake because I don't ever want to consider my kids or any others as mistakes. Obviously, a mistake sounds like a whiff, and that's not going to fertilize anything. Neither is an outtake, and sometimes maybe that's for the best. Back to my buddy. He's the one that taught me about Bitcoin when it was valued between 10 and 100 bucks. I did nothing with that information, but I've always imagined my college friend struck it big like a Winklevoss twin. Sometimes I'm downright embarrassed about the ads I get targeted for online. Today I was on my phone reading through the Washington Post app, which I should feel great about because, of course, democracy dies in darkness, when suddenly I scrolled past an ad for Captain Crunch's Blueberry Pancake Crunch. That sounds disgusting, but yet something in my profile and online search history suggests I'll love it. Google and the folks at DoubleClick's ad servers must think I'm a sweat-secreting, sugar-fiending, big-fat fatty. There's a ton of data about anybody available online. Regarding Facebook and privacy, though, let me say this. I'm all for personal rights and freedoms. However, you get what you pay for. Let me put it this way. If somebody offered to give you a free car to drive around, yet as part of the deal they told other people where you went, that would be on you as to whether or not you wanted to drive that car under those terms. Now, you can't drive around that free car for years and then get mad when the owner of the car tells everybody where you went and also that you bite your fingernails in the car and you leave the fingernail clippings on the floor mat. That's on you. You shouldn't be making yourself so at home in a car you don't even own. That's not to say my private information isn't plastered all over the internet, because of course it is. It's just that years ago, a crazy ex was my personal Cambridge Analytica. I've seen the damage loose data can do, and I've kept it buttoned up since then on Facebook and online as a whole. Well, I guess until we started joshing around. You know, cartoons don't have to deal with these problems, unless of course their writers and animators are vile, awful people. And in that case, I should introduce them to my ex. Speaking of that ex, that breakup is how I transitioned from advertising sales into real estate. You see, we had gotten into a huge fight where I was packing up all my stuff and I was ready to just move it over to Orlando. When I got my blanket and my pillow in case I had to sleep in the car for a few days, I opened the door. This is at 6.30 in the morning, ready to make my commute, when instead I find a sheriff who looked pretty intent on laying down the law. I said, sir, I don't know why you're here, but I just need to go to work and I'm never coming back. Yeah. He let me leave. And at which point I left my condo on the coast and I went over to couch surf in Orlando. I had been over there for about two weeks when all of a sudden the earth under my feet started to shake and it wasn't a data breach from any social site, but instead the old cell phone bills used to contain every number you'd ever dialed. Well, it didn't take long before that bill was delivered to my old condo by the beach where my ex and kids had stayed. She got the bill, opened it up, and proceeded to call every number on the list. Every man that answered, she told them what an ass I was, and every woman that answered, she accused them of sleeping with me. Well, wouldn't that be nice? It was a pretty thick cell phone bill. She should have been a telemarketer. Nonetheless, that happened over the weekend. I knew firsthand because she called the number at one of the places I was staying at that Sunday night. By the time I got to work 
on Monday morning. They already had a box ready for me and all my stuff because it seemed she called the boss and half of my customer list as well. Yep, I had been kicked to the curb. Luckily, I achieved my goal of working in a top 20 market before I was 30. But before I was 30, I had also been asked to leave. So now I sell luxury homes by the coast and I'm very guarded about my data until, of course, that crazy bee gets locked up for felony assault on a law enforcement officer. We're all free to live our lives as we choose, but based on my experiences, I would advise you to give every situation some thought and caution, because unlike cartoons, we're not all better in the next scene. Instead, we've got to deal with the ramifications of our actions. They say you make your bed and then you have to lie in it, and that's true for a bit. Get some rest, but after a while, don't just lie there and wallow. Get up and find a solution to the problem, because if you make enough mistakes, your friends, family, or government, they're not going to be there to help you anymore. As a matter of fact, I was at the courthouse just the other day. Someone in front of me was getting a marriage license. They were from out of state, and they were surprised to see that they didn't need a blood test. No, no, said the clerk. That was just to see if you're related. Here in Florida, we don't care. So that goes to show you should ask the extra questions and take your time before you end up marrying your cousin, or in my case, a crazy crack whore. Do the algorithms know if you're going through tough times or suffering a breakup? I'm sure they do. So then does your Spotify playlist turn to the Postal Service and Taylor Swift sad songs? Does Facebook's news feed just echo the sadness with stories of loss while your Instagram compiles nothing but sweets and sunsets? Being more vulnerable, I'm sure we're all prone to behave a little differently when we're down. Amazingly, it's the robots and machines that are learning to nurture our humanity the most. And that's why I say, make me a cartoon already. Otherwise, we've got to end this show. See, I'm tired of toiling in the land of sadness, scarcity, and regret. Always tired, hungry, cold, or hot. You know, I'm sure I'd have a solution for all this humanity in my skin pockets. But for now, I'll keep my pants on while I'm popping pills and keeping tabs on my status. Until we color by number and start animating another episode of Joshin' Around.